0: You are now listening to
1: the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you
0: want? I'm coming in again, it? What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good
1: what's up everybody welcome to another episode of the q and e podcast today we are reviewing ant-man and the wasp quantum mania this movie just came out last week and uh it's basically the introduction to kang for real you know we thought we got it with loki but they weren't even really calling him kang in that he was the one who remains or whatever but the synopsis of this movie is cassie scott's daughter creates a communication device that can That can reach down to the quantum realm and send signals back so that they can help people in need in different universes, which ultimately leads them into getting sucked down into the quantum realm where Janet has to face her fears and her truth of Kane the Conqueror, basically. And we see Scott and the rest of the family have to go against Kane and what could possibly be the end of the multiverse. And we, we got some interesting takes to get off about this movie. I'm going to let Quincy go ahead and start it off. I know he got some strong feelings and notes.
0: Yeah, the first thing I wanted to get off is I did like the movie. Going into the film, I honestly didn't know how to feel because the, the reviews were just so terrible. It's not like I mm-hmm. read the reviews, but they, it was like a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I was yep. just scared of what I was getting into going into the film. So I was like I had super low expectations going into it because of that though. And I think that helped me going throughout this film that I wasn't like super high on it like I was like a week or two ago because this was the introduction to Kang. The reviews honestly like balanced out my opinion of it. So I did like the movie, but it was just a lot of things in here that I still didn't like, but that yeah. was my main. Re- I did like the film. That's my instant reaction. I liked it.
1: Yeah, my instant reaction was it was solid. I expected it to be great, and that um that could be the the downfall of what marvel is in right now in this slump that they they're just not making great content anymore like the last great thing the last two great things that we could say we watched were wandavision and loki and those were shows those weren't even movies so the fact that we had such high expectations for this and i I know your expectations went down a little bit once you saw the reviews but the fact that we thought this was going to be a film that could save marvel from the slump that they've been in and it really didn't hit like that like that scares me because it's like damn even with jonathan majors having such a great performance which i think he carried the damn movie um having such a great performance as kane and it still just felt underwhelming i don't know what marvel can do to fix this i think one of the main things they need to do is stop trying to have jokes throughout all of these
0: movies. No, you can't do that, bro. You can't do that because I remember not last time movie. when I was when because no because we because this is the thing with Ant Man because I'm i I'm gonna let you get your point off, but I want to hit that joke point because that's something that you reminded me of because I remember I talked about that in that Thor movie because I said the same thing of the jokes were not hitting; they had no real balance. But the thing about Ant Man, it was always like a jokey type of thing. But the jokes hit in the first two movies, though. But when it came to this third film, the jokes just were not hitting. And this was more of like a serious type of setting. In the first couple of movies, it's like he goes to the quantum realm. He goes back out. Like, he's figuring himself out. But when you're in dire straits, dog, we don't need you to be cracking jokes. We need you to be figuring out a way to get out of this shit. So why are you cracking jokes? And it felt like it was the same way in Thor of like, why are you joking so goddamn much? That formula is tired. But I I interrupted you because you liked the jokes in Thor. And I was like, them jokes was not hitting. And I think that formula is starting to run its course with Marvel. Niggas is not fucking with them jokes no more, bro. Like, just take this shit seriously if you're going to take it seriously.
1: I thought the jokes with Thor were cool because... I don't know the, the theme and the setting of that Thor movie for Thor Love and Thunder and the fact that he's just been influenced by Guardians of the Galaxy with his personality. I didn't mind the jokes when it came to the Thor movie, but with Ant-Man, yes, they do have a, a comical sense with um, the past two movies that they've done prior to this one, but I, I totally agree with what you're saying. This is a movie where there should have been hardly any jokes. I know you gotta sprinkle a couple jokes in here or there just to lighten the mood of the movie, but the fact that there was literally a joke or an attempt of a joke every what 10 minutes or so? It's I'm bad. just like, come on, bro. Like we we don't need all of this. Every other movie with, you know, certain characters is fine. It's just when you try to do it with every movie. Black Panther was the same thing. Besides the the issue, the main issue we had with Black Panther of not getting enough Black Panther was two the movie was way too sad. And then three, they tried to have jokes throughout the movie when it's like, come on, bro. Like, it's too much serious stuff. It's too much sad stuff going on for y'all to still try to punch jokes in there. So I don't know where Marvel thought they could just flood us with that, but I think they need to pull back with the jokes because if you watch from the first Iron Man 2008, hell, even the Incredible Hulk movie, you know, to at at least Civil War, there were a decent amount of movies in that stretch where there weren't too many films you were laughing throughout. So I, I think that's the main thing they need to fix.
0: Yeah, that's been a problem for a long time. Doctor Strange was the same thing. That formula has run its course, bro. It's cool to have some characters that are comic relief. But when you're just comic relief throughout situations where it's like, there's no need to be comical, dog. It's just, it gets tiring, bro. Yeah, It gets real tiring. And honestly, that the first half of this movie, was borderline unwatchable, dog. Until Jonathan Majors comes on my screen, I was bored. Like, it was just too much dialogue. Even though we got into the quantum realm, you're meeting new characters with the the people that actually lived in the quantum realm. I was bored throughout the first half of this movie until we get the backstory with, um, with Kang and Janet. That's when it felt like the movie started to pop off. We started to learn more about Kang and his motivations and stuff like that. That's when it popped off, bro. But the first half of this movie is just like bruh it's just so much talking so many jokes and it just was not hitting and i think a couple of components of why ant-man didn't hit the same as his first two movies is because of they weren't hitting with like the the characters they were missing like key characters that were making a lot of jokes hit like that hispanic Mm -hmm. dude i don't forgot what his name is that michael panya he was somebody who was like real deal funny in the first two movies i laughed at most of the shit he did and he wasn't in this film so it was like it was nobody I think his for character
1: Ant- name was Tavier or something like that. It was
0: something like that, but it was nobody for Ant-Man to really bounce off of because it felt like Ant-Man was just joking by himself. Nobody was laughing at the joke. Nobody was joking with him. Usually yeah. with Michael Peña, the Hispanic character in the first two movies, it's somebody he can bounce off of with the jokes. And it, it just felt, it was tired. I feel like he was just pushing that on us for some reason. And it was just like, it was just pointless, dog. It, it, was, not, it was so unnecessary, especially when you're in such dire straits.
1: The the first half of the movie wasn't too bad to me because I was glad they jumped in it the way that they oh, did. Oh, they, they, they didn't give, want
0: that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they they didn't give us too much like filler in the beginning. We had like what? Maybe 10 minutes for real like of them just setting the tone of the movie and then boom, we're in the quantum realm like less than 20 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. So I did like that. One thing I didn't like was how they They just made Cassie, this rebellious teenager, out of nowhere, bro. Like, it was so random. And she was just, she was trying, Scott. Like the whole movie for damn near the most part, like she was trying him, making him look like he wasn't that important. Like he wasn't out here trying to help people. And they were making jokes throughout the movie, like, Oh, you're talking to us about how you helped save the world again, blah, blah. He did. He was one of the main people. He he came up with the concept of going to the quantum realm to help bring everybody back. If it was not for Scott Lane, would we have would we have survived the blip? Like would people have no, come he, back? He
0: from definitely it? saved it.
1: Yeah. So it's the fact that they kept trying to shit on him for the fact that he was one of the main people to get everybody back. And his daughter was firing off most of the shots. Like I hated that, bro. No, it's because she was he was missing
0: from her life while he was doing this. It's because he was missing from her life while saving the world.
1: And he's just trying to make it up the whole time. Because he she understands it's
0: not on purpose, but she he still wasn't there for her. And that was the that was the point at the end of the day. You weren't there for me at the end of the day. It wasn't your fault, but you weren't there like she's a little kid dog. she's not gonna or she's grown now but she was a little kid when she was going through those times during the blip and she had to go out without a father even though she had her stepdad in the first couple of films like she didn't have her real dad so now she's yeah. shit on him because yeah you saved the world my nigga but you wasn't here for me like the, your main mission of having a kid is taking care of your kid and you wasn't doing that you know what I'm saying so I think that's her thought process this whole time but I do agree with you about their relationship dog it was so annoying the first thing I put in my notes after the movie was the father and daughter relationship was tiring as fuck. And it felt so forced and annoying, not just because of the back and forth between them and uh, uh, her and Scott and like the the whole family dynamic, but like the shit that we get at the end, bro. It was that one scene where it was like after the all is lost moment. And I think Cassie is on like a holographic screen and she's like rallying the troops basically. She said something like my dad taught me this and my dad taught me that. I'm like, nigga, you've been shitting on your dad this whole movie, whole and now movie. at the end of the movie, you talk about your dad taught you some shit? Your dad ain't teach you shit this whole movie. What did he teach you? What he? What do you teach you? Then you rally the truth with my dad taught me this my dad taught me that. What? How do we even get here? How did you get from shitting on this nigga? It, it, was, cringeworthy. it, was, it really was
1: cringeworthy. It was really cringeworthy. It
0: was, because it didn't make sense how you were shitting on him, and then you wrap it around to... Because it was no arc there. It was no development in their relationship, really, for us to get to that point. It was no development in their relationship. And then you talking about, yeah, my dad taught me this. Okay, yeah, we got to stick together, guys. We got to go against the big bad. It's like, bro, what? You didn't learn this shit. You've been talking shit this whole time. I don't know. Their relationship just felt super forced, dog. And I did not like it at all.
1: Uh, I didn't really have too many, like, I didn't have too many complaints from the movie but the few complaints that i did have i just feel like they're major so like we said before one the um the comedy aspect of y'all trying to have too many jokes in this movie like with guardians of the galaxy they could pass with that shit. i'm fine because that's the theme of what they're doing even thor is like thor we saw him mature into a more comedic character because he was hanging out with these people so the comedic aspect that's one thing that I didn't like two like we just said the father daughter um, relationship was just weird and then three I understand the way the movie ended but I feel like they was trying Kang bro I don't feel like it we worked. got enough we didn't get enough like wow moments from Kang for real the fact that this man was defeated by ants For the most part pissed me off completely because I told you I told you this weeks ago I wanted this movie to not end on a good note which it didn't it technically didn't based on the two post credit scenes which we talk about but the the feel of the movie was just it was okay because I get what they tried to do with Scott you know talking in his head of like damn did we really win like it's something bad about to happen blah 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 so it's like okay i get what they're trying to do with leaving it with an eerie feeling but no bro like we predicted somebody would die in this movie nobody died everybody stayed alive which is crazy as hell like i, I don't that know, is I ridiculous like they, tried, yeah. they tried yeah. Kane, bro somebody should have died and Kane should have really put a stamp on this the same way with infinity war when thanos won and I remember that shit, bro. I remember in 2018 when Thanos won in Infinity War opening weekend. Everybody walked out the movie like confused. But this as isn't fuck, this
0: like. isn't really the Thanos yet because the people that we seen in the post credit scene, it felt like those are more so the Thanoses, and we're yeah. we we're just we just got All the, the weakest kings. Yeah. Felt like that's what it really felt like he was fighting he was exiled by all of the rest of the the Kang dynasty members it felt like he was the weakest one and that's why he was here that's why he was able to be defeated he couldn't escape the quantum realm he was like the dumbest or weakest Kang compared to all of the other Kings so it's like you but, had to you have to build up to the other Kings you can't start off with the best like, Kang though
1: I don't feel like he was the weakest Kang I honestly feel like and let me know if I'm wrong I feel like he was right. I was agreeing he was with right. Kang. No, at the end he of the was
0: movie. no, he was right because he he is the only. Just like with uh, he who remains at the end when he said like, "Hey, I can stop all of these other kings from happening if you let me live." But they ended up killing him at the end of Loki. It was the same thing that this Kang was trying to do of like, "Do not kill me. Let me go back to the universe. I can stop all of these kings from taking over." And they they ended up killing him or sending him to another dimension or whatever happened at the end of the the movie. And everything is going to, all hell is going to break loose because they ended up doing that. So he was telling the truth, but Janet ended up saying, because she seen that vision when she was fixing his ship or whatever, she's seen that he was going to conquer or that's what he did in his past. So she didn't really trust it, but he still had that same type of mindset he, he who remains had of like, nah, I'm still your best option at the end of the day. I'm not a good guy because we, take about, we talk about it all the time with anti-heroes now, bro. Nobody is really on the good or bad side unless you like Captain America or like an Iron Man. It's nobody really like on the good side. I mean, you got Moon Knight who you know what I'm saying there's so many anti-heroes now. And I feel like this Kane that we've seen was an anti-hero, dog. Yes, he does evil shit. Yes, he is still a conqueror. Yes, he kills people, but he is still your best option over like the Immortus that we've seen at the end of King Dynasty. Like all those three like head honcho kings that we've seen. He's still your best option, best option to save your planet and to save your your universe or whatever. So he was definitely right.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like that was the best option because even though there was a chance he could still go around killing certain universes, one, he guaranteed y'all that y'all's would be okay. Like at least your world. Maybe mm-hmm. not your whole universe, but he guaranteed I I will spare but you're not you really all. you're
0: not really trusting that
1: though on your first oh yeah it, I'm it, not I'm not trusting it. That's but what I'm saying he, like as he the made viewer, the to a lot of me. He that's what I'm saying.
0: Because, <laughs> as the viewer, after seeing Loki and all that shit, you know how he lies. But as yeah. Ant Man in that situation, as Janet in that situation, you're not believing this nigga. I just seen like your future, my nigga. I see you about to kill. So, I'm going to assume that's what you're going to do. You're not telling me the truth. I'm assuming you're not. At the end of the day, we know he is, but I can't take him on face value that he's telling me the truth and that he's the best option. I got to do what's best for my family right now.
1: It's a situation where you you are screwed either way. But I would rather deal with one Kang than however many million that they finna face over the next few years. So, mm-hmm.
0: And I honestly thought Kang Kanged, bro. I thought he, he did a good performance. In the introduction, he did a good performance. I felt power, especially at that end fight scene. I felt like it was a little too much, especially when he had like a timer on to get out of that portal. I felt like he was more so focused on like beating Scott ass instead of like, getting outside of the portal to like get back to the universe. But I still feel like in that scene, you felt how powerful he was. And there were certain scenes throughout when he was like taking over, he was going, uh, he was shooting like his blue blasters or whatever. I felt the power of Kang and how people were just so scared of him. And that's one thing that I wanted to talk about too, why I thought it was too much dialogue in the beginning because everybody else down there in the quantum realm was like, it felt like a, a Voldemort type of vibe, how they were talking yeah. about Kang. like how you don't oh, say
1: his name. Yeah, you don't
0: say his name, like he who shall not be named. It felt like that. I would have rather seen Kang just out the gates when we get down there. It's just wrecking and killing niggas. So it's like, oh, he don't give a fuck about nobody down here. He rather, he killing everybody. He's reckless down here. He doesn't care about anybody. Instead of giving us that, because they really wanted us to, um, to really think, they wanted us to use our imagination with how bad he was, but I would have rather seen how bad he was and how evil mm. he was. Because that's what you do when you say, he, sh- who, how, he, who, uh, he who shall not be named. That's what you're doing. You're making us use our imagination of like, damn, this nigga has to be bad if everybody in this realm is scared of him. But it's like, I would have rather seen like, okay, he's like, oh, he's dangerous. Like nobody is safe in this quantum realm. This is why people are so scared of him. We didn't really get that scene ever in this movie until like the end when he was kind of starting to destroy people and then the ants ended up attacking him at the end or whatever. So it, it wasn't as long as I would want it, but it was certain moments where Kang was kangin It just wasn't as long as I would have liked it to be not as drawn out.
1: Well I, I think his most forceful moment and I think his the moment in the movie where I feel like he was stamped as the the real like big bad villain was when he first walked into the um to the holding cell where Scott and Cassie were, and he threatened to kill Cassie, and he was literally about to kill her in front of Scott. I feel like that was the best moment of the entire movie because we really got to see him, first off, force Scott's hand, second, show his power, and then three, show that he has has nothing to lose. Like, he's Mm -hmm. going with full intentions of, I will kill any and everybody that steps in my way because I'm still going to accomplish this goal no matter if you help or not. So I I thought that was cool. I feel like that was the best part of the movie and Kang's best part of the movie.
0: And that was another reason not to trust him because him and Scott had a deal of like, oh, okay, you're going to leave my daughter alone if I get this for you. And then he didn't hold up his end of the deal. So at the end of the day, even though you're telling me you're the best option for the universe, I can't trust you because you just didn't hold up this last deal I made with you. So
1: that's what I'm saying.
0: So like, I'm definitely not going to believe you now, Kang, after you just lied to my face. So it's like, I understood it, bro. But somebody who I was super disappointed in, bro, I wanted way more out of was MoDoc, bro. That
1: dude oh, yeah, was so sure.
0: trash. Yeah. I thought we were. I thought I knew he was going to be comical because we knew him. So usually when you have a connection with somebody, I was like, okay, I figured there was going to be some comic relief there. But it was really no demonic Modoc scene. Like his name is literally the mechanism organized for like killing. And he really didn't have any moments like that. I feel like it was one moment where he killed somebody. And then he was like, after that, he was on Team Scott. It's like, he my nigga. it was jokes, oh whole movie. The whole movie. So you add that on top of Ant, man. It's like, this was too much jokes and not enough about like, bro, let's take over this quantum realm and let's get the fuck out of here. Like you're supposed to be on Kang side. Like you Kang's bitch, basically. Like you should also be working with him. Like why are you in the middle and all this shit? You don't know what side you on. You know what I'm saying? It was, he was just so disappointed. He was such a disappointing character.
1: And and when he died, it was like, first off, I was mad he died too. I was like, I, if anybody is gonna die, don't let it be Modoc. Like, it was such a weak off, ass death. It it was. I was mad that he wasn't as forceful like you said. And then I was mad when he died. Like it was just such a a laughable moment, I guess. So i I don't know bro there there were things the movie could have done better with like I said I don't have too many complaints overall the movie was good it was like seven out of ten if I had to rate this movie average Marvel movie but I just had expectations for it to be so much better and I don't know what movie but, but do you shoot it
0: but do you point? shoot it bail for being an introductional because that's what sometimes we don't take into account bro like this is the introduction to phase five this will not be the end The two post-credit scenes got me real hyped for the future of this phase. So that's why the the, honestly the past the last two post-credit scenes got me more excited
1: for it. Because after the Mm. film, you
0: kind of like okay, you know what I'm saying, a good movie. But the post-credit scene was like okay, they give you a look at Loki, they give you a look at the Kang Dynasty. This phase is gonna be something different than what we've seen in the past. So I that's think this true. was just a, this was just a nice introduction. I can't judge it too harshly because th- this wasn't like the climactic film that everything is going to branch off of. This was just the introduction of how Kang is going to be introduced, and then everything really bounces off of it. You know what I'm saying? So that's why that's another thing I I shoot at Bell with that too. I shoot at Bell with that.
1: I don't want to shoot at Bell because even though it's just the introduction, I think you need. If you're Marvel, you got to hit it on all cylinders with each phase, bro. Like, when you have the first introduction of a phase, I feel like you have to you have to really hit the ground running. So I would have rather this film had been great, and then we got some pretty good movies in between. Then the climactic movie be great of like, oh shit, it's almost coming to the end with all of this. And they ended with the great movies of Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. I feel like that's how it should go. Because when we started this whole um, Marvel thing with Iron Man, Iron Man was fantastic. That was a great way to start the franchise. And then we, we got to that halfway point with Civil War. That was the climactic movie of like, okay, we've got all these movies. We got Thor's. We got Captain America. We got a couple more Iron Mans leading up to this Civil War movie. And then we got a couple of movies in between that. And then, boom, game and um, what you call it, Infinity War. That mm-hmm. was the end of phase four. So phase one through four, we got to see it, you know, start great, hit the climax great, and then end great. So if this is the start to phase five and for five, six, and maybe seven, if they stretch it to seven, I think it was kind of a weak start off. I agree this was a great introduction to Kane. But as far as a start-off or a phase, Marvel could have did way better.
0: And I wish they would have took taken the, the approach of like Avengers um, Age of Ultron. Because when we see mm. Ultron for the first time, we felt how powerful he was on yeah. the first watch. You feel what I'm saying? And even though we had glimpses of it, It felt like we just had so much more in the age of Ultron. And if you're going to give Kang basically a half a movie to show how powerful he is, he should have done way more just like Ultron was able to show how powerful he was in that half a movie or that most of that movie he had in that Avengers run. Like it should have been way more going on. It just wasn't enough with Kang. You know what I'm saying? Even though I love the backstory with him and Janet, I love that backstory. I love how they met in the quantum realm together. I love how we got backstory with um how he was exiled or why he was exiled because all of the other kings were scared of him. Like the backstory part of him. That's why I say that's when the movie jumped off when Janet and started actually telling the truth. Because Janet was honestly annoying as hell throughout this movie until she actually started to talk about what the hell she's been through down in the quantum realm. Yeah. Because when she first got down there, she didn't want to say shit. Niggas was asking her, like, what is this about? She was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say where I'm from. I don't want to say what I've done since I've been down here. Like, bro, we're in dire fucking straits, my nigga. You need to tell me something about what's going on, my nigga, because we about to fucking die. We trying to find Scottish <laughs> you trying to hold back secrets for what? You trying, to, you trying to hold the secret that you was fucking on Bill Murray? Who gives a fuck? Like, why are you holding that whack-ass secret back? come on man so it was a kind of annoying with her but once she started to tell that story it was dope the movie, the movie got good when she started to like actually tell the truth about what's going on
1: so yeah yeah the, the second half of it was definitely better um like i said seven out of ten man kang kang's performance shout out to jonathan majors um i, I feel like he the hardest working man in hollywood at this point because he has another movie coming out next week um you call it Creed 3 with Michael B Jordan so two back-to-back major films this year on top of whatever else he may be doing so uh I think he did Greatest Kang I feel like when we see him again in Loki as uh he who remains I think that'll be whoa shit we might get him as Kang in Loki that that still remain to be seen so um I think he's gonna be great over the next few years leading up to the Kang Dynasty movie and um yeah that was my biggest takeaway from the movie. I feel like he carried because if, if Jonathan Majors didn't deliver in this movie, bro, I'd be giving this movie like a five. He helped me push this to a seven.
0: No, nah, for sure. And uh, something else that I love before we move on to like the future of the MCU type of stuff is like that fight scene between Ant-Man and Kang, it wasn't really a fight scene. It was really just Kang beating Ant-Man ass. That was yeah. one of the best fight scenes I've seen in a long time for Marvel, Dog. I ain't going to lie i we've seen it we've seen the 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 clips during the trailers but god damn just seeing kang whip that nigga ass was just something yeah. to see especially when you was rooting for that nigga the whole movie i just felt <laughs> proud as hell just be rooting for that nigga. and i was so upset with how it ended bro because i agree with you i feel like somebody should have died or somebody should have been left behind in that universe and it shouldn't have been Kang. you know what i'm saying like it, it just felt weird that kang is the one to lose in that situation and we don't know what happened because I think some timelines could be changed. I don't think Scott is in his original universe. I think some stuff was changed on that type of end. But to see it end like that was kind of weird. Like somebody should have died. Scott should have died in this movie, in my opinion. bro. So him getting saved by Wasp coming through the portal was kind of whack to me, bro. I ain't really fuck with it, especially after that dope ass fight scene. I wish that should well, have ended kind of
1: differently. I ain't going to say Scott should have died. I wouldn't have been mad if Hank died. I wouldn't have been mad if Janet died. I would have been. I wouldn't have been mad if Hope died. Anybody but Scott and Cassie could have died, and I would but, have thought. But that, that but would that would have been shows. A great hit.
0: But that shows how powerful Kang is. Even though he told you earlier in the movie that he really kills these Avengers and shit, you killing them in front of our eyes, you killing Scott is like, oh damn, he really serious. This is the quote unquote weakest Kang. He's getting exiled by the rest of the Kang Dynasty, and he is killing an Avenger in the quantum realm. We can't mess with this nigga. Because somebody has to live to tell the story. So Hope that's can be true. the one to tell the story to everybody else. Of like, hey, this Kang. Kang, something serious. Yeah, he can't but, kill but Scott. Do we,
1: do we want Hope moving forward? I NCAA mean, NCAA you already know.
0: Sky. You already know Cassie is going to be a part of these Young Avengers. That, like, yes. that's solidified. So whether it's that's Cassie true. or Hope, they could have moved along and passed the message on of, like, Kang is serious. We've seen him in the Quantum Realm. Like, somebody, somebody should have died. And I don't like how it just ended up like, oh, okay... It's, it kind of got left up in the air of like, you don't know if he's in a different timeline. He's speaking to himself in his head. You don't know if Kang is really dead or not. It's like, you're leaving so much up in the air when I feel like it could have been more definitive. Definitive. Even though you could have left some stuff in the air, you could have put a more definitive stamp on it of like, oh, Kang's here to stay. If he's killing yeah. Avengers like Scott in the Quantum Realm, you know what I'm saying? So I think it could have been a little bit better to end it. But it was solid though. It was solid. I would give it, like I said, I would give about a seven and a half though. The post credit scenes did boost it. I would have said about a, a seven, but them post credit scenes definitely boosted my movie going experience after that yeah. I them
1: them post credit scenes was fire. I think yeah. them them might have been the, might have been the best post credit scenes we've got ever. When well, at, at least a couple years, I would say
0: ever, bro. I've never seen anything like that, bro. I, I, in a, a movie, I've never seen anything like that. Even and when it was, was exactly. it was real comic
1: book accurate too. It was real comic book accurate because I remember that um. When they showed the arena of all the Kangs and you see like that last shot of like the Kangs, you know, going crazy, shaking each other in the um in the stands and whatnot, that I I instantly thought of the comic book strip when I seen that. So mm-hmm. that was really comic book accurate. I, I did rock with that.
0: So before we move on to the post credit scene, let's talk about Kang a little bit and how that junk ended. Since he got sucked into that portal or whatever ram, I don't know where he went. Do you think he is dead? Yes or no?
1: Uh Nah, I'll just say no just cuz we didn't let we didn't necessarily see him die. We just saw him get sucked into the uh the core basically. Mm-hmm. We saw him get sucked into the core and he disappeared. So that was him quote unquote dying, I guess. But I, I'll say no just because we have no idea what came, honestly. So,
0: mm. where do you think he went?
1: Uh that's that's the question. I don't know where he went. I mm-hmm. feel like he probably land he again landed in some timeline where he doesn't know where he is or another because remember in the quantum realm, there are other universes in the quantum realm. He could very well still be in the quantum realm or he could be in a whole another universe in general because mm-hmm. the core can take you wherever you want to go. So the fact that nobody purposely put where to go into the core, Kane could have gone anywhere that it may have sent him. So we have no idea. I doubt he's dead, um, but I, I have no idea where he's going either. So,
0: I don't think he's dead. I think we I think he is going to be. It's it's crazy because I've been saying weakest Kang this whole time, but I think he is going to be like the Kang Prime that we get at like the end of like the Battle World and Secret Wars, or in like the end of Kang Dynasty. He's going to be like the last Kang standing. I think the one who lost in Ant Man is going to be like the final form Kang because I think he went to like a. A probability dimension where he, he's seen so many different versions of himself, and he's see just like you know, you know, uh, who am I thinking about, bro? It's just like Dr. Strange, bro. You know how Dr. Strange can like see like ultimate, uh, alternate uh dimensions and can know which one he yeah. should go down, just like when he told Tony Stark, like, this is the only one chance we have to actually win this, like, you have to die, or whatever. I Think Kang went to a dimension where he's seen multiple different like probabilities where he can see where he turned he uh, he comes out on top, and I think that's the realm he uh, ended up going to like a probability realm where he can like see mm-hmm. where the hell he goes in. So I think we're going throughout the rest of this phase five and phase six, we're going to have to deal with the people that we've seen in the post credit scene. So those will be the Kangs, the Immortus, the Obviously, the uh, King Rama, Tut, those will be the Kangs that we have to go up against. But I think the one, the last one standing will be this Kang. And I think he will be way stronger, way smarter than he was in this quantum realm dimension. I think he's going to be the last mm-hmm. one that we see at the end of the day. Because one thing that the post-credit scene did tell us, it kind of told us why he was exiled. Because he was really getting in the way of all of the other Kang Dynasty members like plans because yeah. they wanted to do whatever they wanted and this king wanted to more so keep everything like intact so they had exiled him to another dimension because you were more so like getting in the way of our plans so he's exiled you but when he comes back at the end he could honestly maybe help the Avengers take down uh the rest of the members because he wants to conquer it all for himself so it could be something like that that we get at the end because he was the most feared by everybody in the Kang dynasty. He was the most feared. That's why he was exiled.
1: So I
0: think he going to be the nice one we see.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. That's a good take. I didn't think about it that way.
0: Yeah. And uh, moving on to the, the first post-credit scene, uh, I obviously mentioned it. It's, it was the Council of the Kangs. It was so comic big accurate, like Edgar mentioned before. We see like so many uh, Kangs get dropped into this like arena-like place. Uh, and then we see the three Kangs talking. It was Immortus. It was... Uh, it was king rama Tut, and it was a it was another one pharaoh rama Tut, and it was another one he had, he, was he was more so like, like futuristic
1: a, yeah i was gonna say he was like a space being or something yeah like he that. was
0: more so like a futuristic mm-hmm. can and those were like the three leaders of like the kang dynasty and all the other kings really just popped into the universe they were going crazy because uh immortus ended up saying like we have to start attacking the the humans because obviously they just killed one of our kings so we have to be on the attack now we just can't wait around for them to make a move and For them to interrupt our multiverses and universes and stuff like that so that was one of them so how do you feel about the first post credit scene
1: uh the first one was great i loved it i love um like how i said before you just see all of these different variants it seemed like millions of them in this arena and i think the most um the most memorable line from that post credit scene was when they turned around and he said i had to call in and get us all together and one of, I think it was the King tut when he had asked, he was like, how many of us did you call? And he said, all of them. And when he said all of them, I was like, oh, shit. So you just start seeing all of them just start pop up. I was like, bro, this shit finna be crazy. When he said mm-hmm. all of them, it left the audience like, oh, shit. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. And then in the second post-credit scene, we see another variant of Kane because it was also Jonathan Majors dressed up as like a teacher. He was a teacher in like the 1910s. His name was Victor Timely, and he looked like he was showing yeah, off like original. a. He's,
1: he's the, the original.
0: original. He's the original, mm-hmm. and uh, he was showing off the. Uh, it looked like a time, like a time.
1: Uh, uh, what am I it was trying to uh... say? It was a it was a thing that could take you to a parallel universe. Yeah, it was it a time was like
0: traveling a, machine. Yeah, it was a time it traveling. It was machine.
1: a time it was a machine for time to bend time and space, and uh-huh. just giving background on the original Kane character. Um, like Quincy was saying, like he was around during that time period. What time period was that? nineteen ten? Nineteen ten, where he was he was introducing a form of technology far advanced beyond the time period he was in. And he got to a point to where he studied it so much to where he did open parallel universes and whatnot. And then, boom, of course, created multiple variants of himself. So we see that Loki is going to be this is why I say we might get Kang in the Loki series just because and it'll be whatever variant they decide to give us. But because of the fact that we're going to see the original one and we're going to get backstory to help us understand what we're going against in the upcoming Marvel films. Mm-hmm.
0: I completely agree. Cause in the stands, while he was showing off this type of technology, it was Mobius and Loki were in the stands and Loki was trying to tell Mobius of like, Oh, like this is Kang. Like this is who we should be scared of. And Mobius was like, Oh, this is, this is Kang. This is who we should be afraid of. And Loki's like, yeah. Cause Loki seeing how everything ended up turning out at the end of Loki season one because you got to remember Mobius has his brainwashed at this moment or this isn't the same Mobius that we went through the entire season one with this is an entire mm-hmm. different Mobius so he doesn't have that same type of knowledge of Kang as we do uh with Loki so he didn't have that same type of knowledge so that was fire I told you both of those post-credit scenes was fire bro I fuck with both of them but uh Ant-Man 4 is currently being written or is uh in talks to being written right now do you want another Ant-Man
1: no, hell no. I'm out <laughs> of sale. They even writing it. That that wow. That information just pissed me off. <laughs> why do we need four Ant Man movies? <laughs> nah, we haven't even agree. gotten the fourth Captain America yet, but we're getting four Ant Man's. So like, come on, bro.
0: Because I think it's gonna drop like after the the Kang, the Kang Dynasty or whatever. But I don't know why we would need it. That's why I wanted this nigga to die. Because it's no point to carry on his franchise. I feel like he would have went out such a G if he died for the cause. You feel what I'm saying? Now we're carrying it on with Scott for I don't know what reason. Because you know Cassie is going to take up the mantle after him. So it's like you're more so like in the way. It's just like with uh, Hawkeye and uh, the girl version of Hawkeye. I'm forgetting her name. But just like how Hawkeye is retiring and he's letting the girl version of Hawkeye really take over. That's what we should be seeing now. You should more so be transitioning out of this shit, Ant Man, not really got diving deeper in after the Kang saga is supposed to be over with. Cause this is this is going to be Cassie shit, this stature or whatever. So it doesn't make sense to me why they're making a fourth one. Shit's kinda I, I
1: don't understand it. I I low key don't want it. Even if it ends up being pretty good, it's just like you said, there there's no need for it. So
0: not at all. But one thing I will say about this film before we definitely get out of here, I would say I thought this was a good setup and introduction for the, the phase. What, I have wanted it to be better for sure. It was definitely ways it could have been better. We talked about all the ways it could have been better, but I still think this was a good introduction to set up the rest of the phase fives, predominantly because of the post-credit scenes and it is, it's showing us how much chaos can ensue because of the Kings. And I thought this was clearly better than all of the movies that we have gotten in phase four so far. Other than this, Was Shang-Chi phase four?
1: Uh, nah, Shane. Chu well, were... I think yeah, that Shang-Chi was phase four. It was phase four. It was phase four. I think
0: yeah. Shane chu was better than this, but it was better than Doctor Strange too. It was better than through all the movies that we got last year. I think this was better than. I think it was better than Black Panther. I thought this movie, even though we had all of our criticisms, was still better than all the movies we got over this past year of like just dry shit. I thought it was better than all the shows. This was still better than all of that. Cause you gotta remember last year we was having the same type of oh this ain't that good this that good we are having the same know. type of talk
1: i i like thor love and thunder thor love and thunder was good to me no nah, i, I like i didn't like how they did
0: uh i didn't like how they did gore bro they had that I nigga basically like fine. A, nah. i thought gore was perfectly fine he he never really showed himself to be a god killer niggas killed one Ow. god you're supposed to be killing multiple of them shits well was you gotta blame kids. the
1: you gotta blame the production for that because he nah. the one okay. the one that they well, did. I gotta go, us, I gotta go by what I seen.
0: I gotta go by what true. I see. And what true. I see, like you said, I even though I can shoot them niggas bail, we gotta go off what I see, what we seen in this movie. So it's like what I seen in Thor, you didn't show that nigga killing up guys. You didn't give any respect to Gore and what his backstory truly was.
1: I, I feel yeah. like we could have seen him kill maybe two or three more guys. And that would have made such
0: crime. a difference. That would have made
1: such a difference. But just the, the one, just the one in the beginning. And then, cause there was a point in the movie, um, there was a point in the movie, I think where Thor was looking at like the different places he's been. And exactly. we saw through like, mm-hmm. we we saw through a a, um, a video transmitter of mm. him killing people. But we didn't actually get scenes of him killing gods, so mm. I do understand that. But I think he, I think Christian Bell as Gore did great. I think the the fact that he was serious, literally the entire movie, I do love that. So, but the, Thor was, Thor was joking jokey. around. Thor was too Yeah, joking, Thor was bro. jokey, but Thor at least too with too the joking. villain, at least with the villain, bro, Gore was serious the whole time, and he did kidnap kids, but he was he didn't torment the kids, but. He was, like, scaring the kids the whole time. He was threatening to kill them. He almost killed Jane. Like, I think Gore was good. So I think I think Gore was a good villain, and I think the Thor Love and Thunder movie was better than people will give it credit for. I, would I put Ant-Man above it? I ain't mad if you put Ant-Man above it, but I, I thought Thor was good. Though.
0: I thought it was clearly better. I'm excited for Kang's reign. Like Edgar was talking about before, Jonathan Major's, His acting range is just so far and wide better than everybody else in the game right now. It's crazy, bro. Even though everybody on the screen is more so like comical actors. I know Paul Rudd is more so from like the comedy background. He's not more so into like the drama and shit. This nigga, it felt like Kang was like a vet and like at the top of his game and everybody else was like JV nigga. Like y'all ain't Mm -hmm. even on the same like playing field as his nigga. Like we seen the range of Kang and how really how dominant he can be and then you get to the post-credit scene nigga got different voices and shit so this nigga gonna have different personalities moving forward in the mcu like jonathan Majors is a different animal dog i don't think anybody is touching him when it comes to this actor shit even when it comes to like black or white actors nobody is touching
1: him bro. yeah he, he at the and top right now
0: he's sure. at the top right now bro that shit is tough dog that shit is it's- tough
1: a movie I didn't get to watch it before we get out of here. A movie I didn't get to watch it was Devotion. A movie about a black naval avi- aviator. Bro, talking about switching your voice, switching your mannerisms, like being a lot more quirky and and um, you know military minded, like to where you really think Jonathan Majors was probably in the military when you watched that movie. I didn't get to watch it yet. My dad watched it. He said it was really good. I gotta black get that movie room. to watch, bro. You yeah, like the black basically. top, ever.
0: yeah. But yeah, Jonathan Majors, bro. And I think we really gonna see a gap when we see Creed. I think it's really gonna be a gap when he go up against Michael B. Jordan and shit. When it comes to the acting shit, uh, something else I wanted to talk about about this movie, the portal. I wanted to go back to the point I made, uh, made earlier about the different uh, timelines. The portal ended up closing during that fight with Kane because it was a fight because yeah 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 because when Woz, was it it when was came in when she punched Kang back. Isn't that yep. when the portal closed the portal closed and then opened again for them yep. to go back through and when uh wasp and ant-man went back through i don't mm-hmm. think they went to the universe that cassie's the cassie that we know the cat the hank Pym that we know the Jenna that we know i feel like they went to a different dimension i feel like the ant-man and the wasp character went to a completely different dimension at the end of that movie bro or a different universe because it was just too much other shit going on because it was you remember at the uh, beginning of the movie the same song was playing like that welcome back song but mm. everybody had like different mannerisms and they had like different jokes like the dude who we met in the coffee shop nigga didn't even know who ant-man was the nigga was calling him spider-man in the beginning of the movie then he comes back at the end of the movie he said okay yeah you, yeah 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 you're ant-man you're like you're that butt guy you're that butt guy you're that uh you're yeah. ant-man but remember at the beginning of the movie he didn't make him pay for anything nigga had free coffee and all that then at the end of the movie the nigga had to pay twelve dollars. Why he paid twelve dollars? He never had to pay for coffee before, but now he. Because hasn't paid nobody, for
1: nobody knows what he was doing. He was nobody in the knows concert.
0: exactly. So. Nobody knows, but this is why I say it's a different dimension because all of this shit was changed from the beginning of the movie to the end. All of the like when we get to the end, even when we get to the point where Cassie, we're eating the cake with Cassie, he ends up saying like, or she ends up saying like, it's not my birthday or some shit like that. And he was like, yeah, I just want to celebrate all of these with you because I miss so many. I feel like our version of Scott truly didn't know that it wasn't her birthday. I feel like he truly was like, damn, it's, it's her birthday and, and my universe is her birthday, so I'm going to give her some fucking cake. Like, I feel like shit was changed in this universe because it's not the same universe that we got before. And certain key scenes were changed from the beginning and then that final scene that we get and then we obviously have Ant-Man talking to himself of like, damn, did we kill Kang? Obviously, he's second guessing himself and doubting himself. I think we're completely in a, a different universe right now. Not the same one we were just in with Cassie, bro. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And uh, get the rating before we get out of here. What you got for the rating?
1: Uh, Seven out of 10, y'all. I would have gave this movie a five, but Jonathan Majors' Kang did it for me. He pushed it to a seven, and the post-credit scenes were fire. So, seven out of 10 for me.
0: I would give it a seven and a half, bro. I would give it a seven and a half. Once again, I I actually appreciate the Rotten Tomatoes scores being so low because it gave me a lower, lower expectation going into the movie. But I think they're still like 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. I do not think this movie was that bad, y'all. I'm telling you, the movie was it was good. Solid the good. But it wasn't no 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. That shit is way too low to me. But uh that's everything with this movie, though. We appreciate you guys for listening. And we out. Peace.